0: And you found your place there, turn to Matthew chapter 5, page 999. Page 599, if you've got a Schofield King James Bible, Psalms chapter number 1. And then Matthew chapter number 5, page 999. Boy, I'd like to hear these pages turn. All right. Amen. I want to ask David Buchanan if he would lead us to the throne of grace. Amen. You'll be seated. Psalms 1, chapter 1, verse 1. Blessed is a man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Matthew, chapter number 5. And seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying... Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are ye when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad, for great is your reward in heaven, for so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Before Christmas, we began a series... Defining pulling down strongholds. We said this, Second Corinthians 10 For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, bringing into captivity every thought into the obedience of Christ. We said a stronghold is thinking. You believe and act and acting upon. The thinking you believe and you act upon. Bad strongholds is, is faulty thinking. A pattern based on lies and deception. Don't miss this. Every stronghold begins with a thought. Every stronghold begins with a thought. We've looked at two of... Five distinctions of those that have a stronghold. Now, you can no doubt make the list, and it could be as big and as broad as you would like to make it, no doubt about that. But this, for the sake of this series, we've chosen five that I believe perhaps would rise to the top. The first one we looked at are you teachable? Y'all remember, we looked at the fact of those that are unteachable are people you literally cannot help. Then we looked at the freedom of forgiveness, how that there is not any person, there is not any person, if you have accepted the forgiveness of a holy God in your life, there is no room in your heart for unforgiveness towards anyone. If you have trusted Jesus and accepted His divine and holy forgiveness, my, 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 what a, what a blessing that is. To know this morning that no matter where, what, no matter what kind, of, how sorry we can get, He forgives us. Boy, that's the reason we ought to be forgiven of others. Now the third one we want to look at this morning is one that you would not probably put on your list as being a stronghold. But if you lived in my world, you would understand very quickly, marriages are destroyed by the thousands, not hundreds, thousands on account of this stronghold. Many people miss the will of God and the purpose of God in their life because of this stronghold. But what's really sad, which really breaks my heart is this. That I believe there are countless thousands upon thousands upon thousands of God's children that all lived live in the joy and the happiness But the stronghold of unhappiness has a hold on them. You would be amazed at how many have this attitude. God wants me to be happy, doesn't He? He does want you to be happy. But His way. Because your way probably won't bring happiness your way probably is not going to get it accomplished. As a matter of fact, your, your journey to happiness probably will continue to add to your unhappiness, not give you the happiness you're seeking. We find uh, A.W. Tozer said this about this message that the Lord preached, by the way, It was his first sermon he ever preached and recorded. And it's amazing, the first sermon he would preach, it was on you and I being happy. A.W. Tozer made this statement about this passage. He said, many read this Sermon on the Mount and they attach it to a certain dispensation of time, when in reality it is timeless in its application. And the truth is, it is a sermon on the renewed, char- it is the character of a renewed man. As a matter of fact, it is blessed, and we'll look at that word in just a minute, but it is, a, it is the man that is, it is individual, it is the woman, it is the boy, the girl that has been saved by the grace of God, and the character of the renewed man it's what this message is all about here. Someone said, Beloved, conduct flows out of the character of a person. When someone's born again, there's a change in their character and behavior and conduct of that individual. Boy, being a master teacher of the Lord, didn't begin this sermon by criticizing the Pharisees or the Sadducees, you know what he or the scribes, But he began on talking about the blessed individual. That word blessed means to be fortunate, means to be happy. Someone said the happiness and joy was like a a buoy on a water that you see the top of it going up and down, but under the water it it is much larger and it's hooked to an anchor. You know, that sounds good, but the problem with that is it's not biblical. What it does, it gets people always looking for something that's hidden, something that's under the water, something they can't see. It, it drives, it is the world's philosophy of looking for something that next thing, that next, that, that next thing will make me happy. When in reality, The word blessed means means to be happy, means to be fortunate, but but it implies this. It implies a heavenly affection. It implies a deep, inward, abiding joy. Outward prosperity cannot give it. But don't miss this. Adversity and trials and heartaches... Cannot take it away. Do you hear what I'm saying? Outward prosperity does not give it. However, adversity and trials and challenges does not take it away. And you say, Wow. That's powerful and it is. And it is. It is. Someone has said Blessed is an ornament, an outward ornament of life. It is man's own gift, for God has given it to him. Wow. It is in it it is in its foolish meaning. It is this. It is an abiding inward. Contentment. It is an abiding, inward contentment. I have a question. Don't miss it. I love my sign, by the way. I love it. I have it on my desk and left right on my wall. And I'm, don't miss it. Are you happy? Right now, if you had to get graveyard honest, are you happy? Well, I know somehow not the question I ask you. I said, right now, are you happy? How would you answer that question? Well, this morning as we look, or do you have a stronghold of unhappiness? Have you ever met anyone that they smiled, they would scare you so bad because they frowned for so long? <laughs> you, you, you would think, oh, they're going to attack me or something. What's wrong with them? That Because of all they've done, by the way, it's good to see Miss Willie May back. Amen. She being kind of stoved up. Hallelujah. Good to have you back. I'm just catching up on everything. All right, as we go. But have you ever met anybody that I don't care? They never smiled. They're never happy about nothing. I, I mean, I don't care what hap, what's going on. What's not, no matter no matter where they're at, they're not happy. So we look at this stronghold, I'm talking about a stronghold. I'm talking about something that has a hold of you in the morning, but you'll bring it home with you tomorrow evening. I'm talking about a stronghold in your life. That is in every single day. Uh, It's a stronghold. It has you. You don't have it. This stronghold of unhappiness, I believe perhaps is maybe one of our one of our greatest strongholds. I'm amazed. In spite of all that we have. As a matter of fact, God said, I want you to be blessed or fortunate or or abide in inward contentment over 302 times in the Bible. God's interested in you and me being happy. Then why are we not? First of all, let me give you an explanation. I believe there's three major things that Satan uses, or we use ourselves, that be that literally becomes a stronghold. Now, again, I know you could add to this list, but I believe maybe these are three major, major ones. The first one is this: is depression. Psalm seventy-seven. Listen as the psalmist wrote, "I cried unto God with my voice, even unto God with my voice, and He gave ear unto me." In the day of my trouble, I sought the Lord. My soul ran in the night, ceased not. My soul refused to be comforted. I remembered God, and I was troubled, and I complained, and my spirit was over uh, was and my spirit was overwhelmed. Elijah got so depressed. Here's what he said: He himself went a day's journey into a wilderness and came and sat down under a juniper tree and requested for himself that he might die. And he said, is enough now, O Lord, take away my life, for I'm not better than my father's not. Listen, I'm not here this morning to be little depression. Depression's a very real thing. Dear preacher friend of mine, and perhaps pastor is one of the greatest churches in the United States, and God has used it. He went through a, a, a period, he was, he was a naval officer. He was a man's man. And and yet, for a, a space in time, he went through a, a, a space of depression, and uh, he, he he talked about it, and he talked about how he would his wife would come and said, "You ought to be ashamed of yourself." He said, "You're right, I should." He start crying, pull his head over, put covers over his head, and, and, and crying and, and sleep most of the day. And I, I, I'm about to be in depression, but depression's a very very real thing in people's lives. Second, disillusionment. Literally, a feeling of disappointment resulting from the discovery that something is not as good as one believed it to be. There's an Old Testament story that absolutely plays this out. came to pass after this that Absalom... The son of David had a fair sister whose name was Tamar. And Amnon the son of David loved her. Now listen, verse 2. And Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. I mean, he was obsessed with her. Literally obsessed with her. And finally, and I'm going to go through the whole story, but Amnon had a friend, and you, you don't need a friend like Amnon had. But Amnon literally said, listen, why don't you set it up so you can rape her? And that's exactly what he did. in your Bible. But here's what's so interesting. After he raped her, listen to what she said. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he loved her. And Amnon said, "Arise and be gone." And listen, what? And she said to him, "Listen, what she said. There's no cause. This evil in sending me away is greater than the other that thou didst Your hatred for me is worse than you raping me." Here was the disillusionment he had in his imagination. His imagination is thinking. See, the devil's a liar. Are you listening? Uh, uh, hey, hey, Jim, gentlemen, are you listening? That woman you're looking at, that you think if you could get with her would be a certain way, is a lie. Because when you get with her, you're going to find it's not true. devil's a liar. Are you listening? devil's a liar. And the disillusionment that something's going to be something. Some of you are that way right now. You're in debt because you thought, boy, if I could just get this, if I could get that, if I could just get this, I could get that. And now that you got it, but you still ain't happy. The new smell's gone. Now you get the payment book. Now, I got a dear dear man in our church. He was sharing with me how he has buyer's remorse. I mean, mean, I'm not even going to ask. But I've never seen anybody that struggles so much with buyer's remorse. He'll buy something. He'll worry himself to death. You know what? Here's re- disillusionment. Boy, the devil's a master at this. How many of you have seen this commercial where he says they're, be- they're, they're be- drinking, they're bud, wise, they're bud Dumber. It don't make you wise. It makes you stupid. And, and they're, they're drinking in a party and it don't get any better than this. How many of you have seen that commercial? That's a lie. That's a lie. They don't show you the other side of that thing, do they? They don't show you the families that goes without and the youngins that go hungry and, and naked because of alcohol or drugs. Hey, they don't show you. Hey, boy, any animation, I'm just gonna, I'm just, I, I ain't preached for two weeks. Praise God. They don't show you this. They said, "Well, I tell you what's the truth. Boy, you need to get in on the lottery. You'll win this and win this. Hey, I'm gonna ask you a question. Where's a person? That comes my my office on a Friday weeping like a baby because he gambled his entire check away on the lottery and ain't got no money to buy food for his family. Where's that on the TV commercial? Where's that on the commercial? What I'm trying to get you to see is this, a disillusionment. See, boy, the devil's a master at painting a picture. That's not true. It's not true. Not only that, but discouragement means a loss of confidence or enthusiasm. In Jonah 4, 8, it came to pass when the sun did rise that God prepared the east wind. And the sun beat upon the head of Jonah and he fainted and wished himself to die and said, It is better for me to die than to live. He got discouraged. Boy, we live in a very discouraging world, do we not? The Bible says in 1 Samuel 30, David was greatly distressed, for the people spake of stoning him. He was discouraged. Now listen to me. Just get, get your head up now. We're, we're not going to get through this thing with not having times of being depressed. You're not going to get through this thing without times of being disillusioned with things. I remember years ago, and this is a terrible illustration, but years ago I wanted to go to to school so bad that I went and joined this other school and I was so excited about it. And and I'll be very honest with you, I felt it was 100% God, sunk a lot of money into it, only to find that is the biggest joke the devil was. Disillusionment. I had an expectation of it being something it wasn't. Well, let me say, you're not going to get through this thing not being discouraged sometimes. If you live in this world, you're going to get discouraged. Amen? But notice how it's evidenced. That, but, but listen, don't, don't miss this. We all have those things, but they can't become a stronghold. They can't become a stronghold. We've all lost family members. But listen to me, if they're saved and they're in heaven, you can't live there. You can't live there. We've all lost loved ones, but you can't live there. You can't live there. Somewhere you've got to move on. And you got to believe God. God trust God. you just got to move on. So we all face those things, but they cannot become strongholds. But notice how it's evidenced. The Bible says in John 10 10 that thieves come not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. Let me read that again. The thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. But I am come, Jesus said, that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. So God's given us a great promise. So why are we not happy? Why some of you not happy? Let me give you two things. And this is probably gonna cover a good hunk of it. Number one, dissatisfied with the circumstances of your life. One of the most amazing things that I've witnessed, we have knocked on over thirty thousand doors. We hung a packet on over thirty thousand doors in Granite, Hildebrand, Burke County, Caldwell County, Catawba County. We've been everywhere, and I've been amazed at something. You drive up to a home that you that, that you, you you're not you're smart enough to figure out this is probably a half a million dollar home, manicured lawn. A Lexus and an escalade sitting in the parking lot in a driveway. And they come to the door. And some of the most unhappiest people I've ever met. I sat with a man not just not long ago. As far as what you and I, and how how the world and how we gauge this thing. He's got everything. Beautiful home. Nice automobiles. Campers, toys. Tractors. Everything you imagine. And yet I sat beside that man and listened to him. And perhaps the most miserable man I've ever met. I wasn't angry with him. I I felt sorry for him. I pitied him. I left that day thinking I would swap everything I have in my soul for everything you have or what you could buy. And I I want to help you today. If you cannot get contented with your God And what he sees fit to give you right now. Don't miss it. Don't miss this. If you can't get contented with what God's got you right now. And where you're at. You will not be contented when you get what you think you have to have. It won't happen. You're a kid in yourself. You're a kid in yourself. I was listening to Bobby Robertson preached the other day. Bobby Robertson's been at and uh, in, uh, in Winston for over 50 years. Started church with about nothing. And I love this. He's a- preaching to some young preachers. He said, now you fellas, listen. Go somewhere and Stay! He said, quit looking over the fence of what somebody else has or what somebody else does. He said, stay where you're at and you let God use you where you're at and build where you're at. I want to tell you a little secret. Doc. You can just take this to the bank. If you can't find God and get happiness here, you ain't going to find God and be happy where you go. Right? It ain't going to happen. You say, why? Because circumstances in life were always changing. In Esther chapter 5 and verse 11, and Haman told him of the glory of his riches. Listen to what he said. The multitude of his children and of things wherein the king had promoted him. And now he had advanced him above the princes and servants of the king. And moreover, Haman said, Esther's invited me to the banquet with the king. He said, I'm going to tell you something. So I got it all! But I just can't enjoy a bit of it because that's sorry, good for nothing, low-down, stinking Jew called Mordecai won't bow to me as long as he won't bow. How can I be happy? And that bunch of devils said, won't you build some gallows? Hang that Jew. Haman said, sound like a good plan to me. Not realizing he was building his own gallows. Now I realize he's building his own gallows. You know why? Because he's looking. Boy, you look at me now. I was walking into Walmart one, it's been years, been years ago, right after it happened. It's early in the morning and I stopped at a TV monitor. Dale Waldrop was interviewing Dale Earnhardt and he had filmed it. And here's what caught my attention. Dale Earnhardt said this. Dale, Dale, I've got it all. Dale, I got more money than I'll ever spend. Dale, I've got houses. I've got. I've got everything I want. Dale. I have it all. And I'm sitting there watching that. And I was reminded of the rich man that said, I've got barns. I, don't, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tie down my barns. I'm going to build some bigger ones. And said, I'm going to say, now soul, won't you take it easy? Go on vacation. Have yourself a good time. And about that time, ringing through the heavens, thou boom." Tonight thy soul will be required of thee. Then whose will these things be? and Hart didn't have it all. Because in just one accident, they shouldn't have taken his life. Did That fast. What I want you to understand this morning is this. We are stronghold of unhappiness because we're dissatisfied with the circumstances of our life. Oh, don't miss this. No matter what. Well, I, if, if I could just do this, I'd be happy. No, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. That's a stronghold. No, you wouldn't. Second, I determine, now I want you to listen to me, especially you young people, I determine. No, not the young people. Parents. Parents. You need to listen to this. A de- determined persuasion that others are not treating you the way you deserve. Satan's greatest tool. The to house of God is. How do you think you'll be treated? see my household. Genesis 3 1 the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made and he said to the woman yeah God said you know what he did here's what he did he convinced Eve that God was keeping something from her he convinced Eve that God wasn't treating her right and you know what happens with a stronghold of unhappiness? It's when you start looking at others and you're determining they're just not treating me right. Well, They want to buy my, they want to buy my, my bitch ten times and they never shook hands with me. what the devil does, he starts moving you to being unhappy and strong. And when it moves into a stronghold, the job ain't treating me right. I I worked people for 15 years. And boy, for years, we'd give a bonus. And there was probably nothing that irritated me more than anything else. It's people complaining over a bonus. They'd come by and say, you know, I doesn't. oh, stop, time out. Who told you you was going to get one? Well, nobody. Bless God, if it's a dollar, it's more than you expected, wasn't it? Right. See, what I want you to understand is when we start getting the stronger than happiness, boy, I'm going to tell you what's the truth. Now, I don't know about me, you. I, I'm just going to speak for me, for, for me and Miss Steins. I will to speak for you but sometimes we have a communication problem. I didn't say we fought. I said sometimes we have a communication problem. I have an expectation. She has an expectation, and they're both different. And sometimes devil's a master saying, you know, she don't really love you. Now, ain't that the biggest lie of us? We'll we'll celebrate 42 years. We've been married 42 years, and she's put up with me for over 41 and a half years. Man, that takes somebody loving somebody. She's, she's, she's been faithful for 42 years, for, for almost 41 and a half years. We've been together over 42 years. And isn't it amazing the devil says, Well, they, he, he's a liar. And when we start, we get this persuasion that, you know, they, they don't like me over at the church. One time I had a of little family and and I went and visited them. They said, well, preacher, let me just tell you the truth. Well, I'm going to come there because that church ain't a friendly church. Now, I'm going to tell you, that tore me up. That tore me up until I watched them. It's hard to be friendly when you walk in one minute after 10 and sit on the pew. And then afterwards... <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. It's hard to find out how friendly we are. Some of us fat people can't catch you. We try. We we can't we, we can't get to you. Nobody loves me. Why don't you why don't you come early? Get to know people hey, when service is over, won't you hang around? Go talk to somebody and find out. Because you see, the truth of the matter is, it's hard to get to know anybody when they come in late and leave as quickly as they can. How in God's name are we going to possibly get to know that? A determined persuasion. Boy, David knew it. How long will thou forget me, O Lord, forever? I not you listen to a great major saying, I'm going to give you a solution. David, and listen to Psalmist David. And I want you, because he does something here that is so powerful. How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall mine enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Let me talk, let me listen to me. Listen to what David's saying. David is thinking and talking about his problems. He's elevated. Are you listening? He's elevated. His thinking, thinking to a place of God. Of, of God, can't believe God's forgetting me. How long were you go? I'm going to tell you something. We need to be careful when you start saying stuff. Nobody loves me. Nobody cares about me. Everybody hates me, so I'm going to go eat worms. You start thinking about how bad things are. You're going to be unhappy. I'm going to tell you something. I don't watch news. I don't watch news. Because if I watch much news, I'd build me a fortress, give me some guns, and go postal on this crowd. I don't watch news. You know why? Because it is filled with... Uh, um, it, it's just simply filled with negative people killing and shooting and all of this. It's always that junk and you'll fill your mind with that stuff all the time. My God, listen, and, and it'll rob you of this stinking thinking. Let me show you what David said. David was greatly discouraged for the people's vacant stone in him because the soul of all the people was grieved and every man for his son and his daughters. David is zigzagged. They have went out to battle and... They come back and Ziglag has been run over by the Emirates. and The Amorites took all their stuff and all their families and all their children. Go Reed, here's a crowd of men. They've cried till they can't cry no more. And now they're mad. They're angry. And now you know what they're thinking about doing? They're thinking about stoning David for getting them in that mess. Now David has blessed them. Done them. these are David's mighty men. These are some of David's best. But I want you to listen to me. Look this way now. Don't miss his. David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. Now that is one of the greatest truths you'll ever hear. This morning, Solid Rock Baptist Church. If you can learn to encourage yourself in the Lord. You can be happy every day of the week. Let me show you how to do that. Number one, number one, David done this. Realize the Lord is our source of our strength. Not booze, drugs, toys, or other people. Psalms 46.1, God is our refuge and our strength and a very present help in trouble. Greatest thing you'll get this year is that you would have a walk with God. That you would know a walk with God. And that you would realize He's your strength. Not everything else you're looking for. If if you're looking for stuff in this world to bring happiness, I'm telling you it won't. I'm telling you it won't. If you're looking for another person, if you're looking for another person to bring you joy and happiness and you're depending on that person, then you are setting yourself up for great discouragement. For great discouragement. You're setting yourself up for well, years ago, I heard a message. Now, I'll just share this with you. Truth of the matter is, we all disappoint one another once in a while. Right. George, how long have you been here? Oh, about, let's see, about 25, 26 years. About 26 years. There in 26 years, you've not missed hardly no services. 26 years you've been faithful to God. In 26 years, He's been my friend. Let's just say today He comes up and says, Preacher, I'm quitting. I'm done with you. Well, hold it. He's got 25 years, 364 more days to disappoint me if I'm just. Because for 25 years, he's been a blessing. That means if he doesn't do what I want him to do, whatever, I'm not going to judge him from the one time. I'm going to judge him from his lifetime. And I want you to, if you'll get a hold of this, it'll help you. If you judge, if, if, if this woman judges me from everything I do, I'm in trouble. I'm in big trouble. But if she'll judge me for 41 years of being faithful and never having a girlfriend and never and, and being faithful and loving her, then I'm, I'm going to be okay. What you need to understand is this. If you're looking for other things around this world, when, when the truth is, if you're saved, born again, washed in the blood of Jesus... He ought to be your source of strength. Y'all trust Him. Y'all trust Him. Number two, put your trust and hope in the Lord. Psalmist said, Why art thou cast down on my soul? And why art thou disquieted in me? He's asking himself this question. He said, Why am I down? Why am I not happy? Here's what he says. Hold thou in God, for I shall hold thou in God, for I shall yet praise him for the help of his countenance. Psalms 910, for they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou Lord hast not forsaken them that seek thee. What are you trusting in? What are you trusting in? We see our world getting crazier and crazier and crazier as we see people get crazier and crazier and crazier, what it ought to do for every one of us, it ought to move us closer to saying, God, I'm going to trust you. Number three, number three, focus your thoughts upon the Lord, His love and care for you. Now I want you, Isaiah 26, 3, if you've never marked a verse in your Bible, you ought to mark this verse. Listen what it said: Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. If a stronghold starts in your mind and in your thinking, wow, thou wilt keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee. The Lord is on my side and I will not fear what man can do unto me. Number four, boy, this is a big one. I think this is the reason why the stronghold has such a hold on God's people today, and that is this. you got to humble yourself to accept His grace for every need that you have. You know why we have a stronghold of unhappiness? Because of our stinking blood. And God's grace when you're weak and helpless, thereby making you strong. Second Corinthians twelve nine, and he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly therefore I would rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore I take pleasure in infirmities and in reproaches and necessities and persecutions and distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Here's what here's the answer to a stronghold of unhappiness. It's humbling yourself and saying, God, I want to be happy, but I want to be happy in the right place and for the right reasons. And I want to I want you to give me that joy and happiness that passeth all understanding. I want that abundant life that you promised in John 10.10. That 10. stole too much. So we come back to the same question I asked in the beginning. Everybody look this way for just a moment. Everybody look this way. One question. Are you happy? be happy if I had a different husband? No, you wouldn't. Probably the second husband you got wouldn't be happy either. No, you wouldn't. I'd be happy if I had a different wife? No, you wouldn't. I'd be happy if I won the lottery? No, you wouldn't. That's the biggest lies they have been told. I'd be happy if I had more money? No, you wouldn't. I had more toys, if I had more of this. Can I say this? The stronghold of happiness can be broken whenever we recognize that the only true happiness and joy comes in a walk and a serving a holy God and knowing Him as our Lord and Savior. Let me, let me help you. I, I really want to help you. What well, I'm giving you this morning, it's not going to have a shout to it. You're probably not going to have a shout fit around here today. But I'll tell you what it will do. When you're home alone and the world's going crazy around you, there'll be a deep, settled peace in your heart. You'll look up to God and say, Everything's all right in my Father's house. Amen. My world's crazy. My youngest have gone crazy. My family's gone crazy. But you know what? Everything's all right in my father's house. My money's out. I don't know what we're going to do. I, I, I've got this. I've got that. I, I'm sick. I'm, I don't feel good. This and this and this and this and this. But you can look up to heaven and say, everything's all right in my father's house. It'll give you something they put put your smile on your face in the midst of all of that craziness. And while everybody else is falling apart around you, you won't be. You'll just be simply falling to your knees and saying, God, it's me again. And I sure need you again today. So I'll stand to your feet. every head bowed, never eye closed. Do you have a stronghold?